This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good morning. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined as always by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to talk over, uh, well, yesterday's Manchester Derby, which is going to be one of those unfortunate incidents which we refer to as one of the darkest recent days in United history. Um, before we get into it, Paul, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much, Wayne. Good stuff. Did you cover the game? For, for yeah, talk? I did, yeah. yeah. Good, good stuff. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page and we, we both witnessed the entire 90 minutes. Um, if you're watching, please like and subscribe. If you're watching live on YouTube, please uh, feel free to get your questions in. Um, so, you know, obviously, if you do ask questions about the game, we're obviously going to answer them. If you're watching the replay as well, hello, please do feel free to comment as well. We do reply. And if you're listening to the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe. Um, and leave a review on the platform you're listening on, Paul. Right. I have got a list. And, you I mean, you can just sit back and relax for a minute or, or squirm uncomfortably if anyone is listening right now. And you just sit down, relax, sit comfortably, listen to this list, which I'm going to go through. We lost 4-1 to Manchester City under David Moyes in September just after he took over, and that represented the first low point since Sir Alex Ferguson. So it's kind of fitting, really, that we, we sit here now, another 4-1 defeat to say. I'm going to list 37 games. It was the 4-1 win, is the again, well, 4-1 win for City, the first one. The following week, West Brom won at Old Trafford. It was the first win at Old Trafford since 1978. In December, Everton one five, uh, they won one nil at Old Trafford for the first time since 1992. A few days later, David Moy said, We'll try and make it difficult for Newcastle to beat us. Newcastle didn't find it difficult to beat United, they won one nil for the first time in a generation at Old Trafford. Later on in that season, Liverpool, um, I mean, you could even throw Olympiacos in there, I'm not because of the fact we came through, um, in that tie, but Liverpool, we lost three nil at home. Could have been six. City, we lost 3-0. Could have been more. And Moyes said, we aspire to be like Manchester City. Everton, we lost 2-0. The Grim Reaper, the bloke was dressed in a Grim Reaper suit, stood behind David Moyes 
and um, it was foreboding because 24 hours later, David Moyes was sacked, and then we started again. Louis van Gaal, he's in charge. First year, poor football, but you know, stability is the the key um, word. As I mean, an erratic performances for the first six months and then it becomes stable but very dour second season he loses three uh, nil arsenal three nil down in about five minutes or something it's horrendous there's a famous nick powell on for one matter substitute as we're eliminated in wolfsburg in the champions league lost 2-1 at home to norwich lost 2-0 at stoke lost 1-0 at southampton without a shot on goal Van Gaal gets sacked. Mourinho comes in. But two weeks into the job, a month into the job or something, first encounter with Pep Guardiola or Old Trafford, Pep embarrasses Jose Mourinho. A month later, at Chelsea, 4-0 to Chelsea. Conte embarrasses Jose Mourinho. He throws games at Arsenal and Spurs for the Europa League um, to, to obviously rotate for the Europa League. Losing at Huddersfield. Losing against City at Old Trafford before Christmas to go 11 points behind City and Mourinho in December as second-placed United concedes the league title. He says it's over. We're eliminated in the Champions League to Sevilla. The manager boasts about his record as an opponent. We lose 1-0 at home to West Brom the week after beating City 3-2 to delay them and basically winning the title, but then a handle... And then the title. Start the next season, Mourinho's got his three-year contract. We capitulate at Brighton. We capitulate at home to Spurs where Mourinho starts showing off to the press. We capitulate at West Ham. Ole comes in. We lose 4-0 at Everton. 2-0 at home to City. 2-0 at home to Cardiff. Start the next season. Lose 1-0 at Newcastle. In October, already looks like it's going to be the end. People are already talking about Zidane replacing Oli. We lose 2-0 at home to Burnley, but then he brings Fernandez in and the you know the, the mood changes. <coughs> League Cup semi-final, we, we lose 2-1, but at one point in the first half, the City fans are all laying because they've got the ball for half an hour. Fast forward, 6-1 at home to Spurs. 2-1 to Istanbul. 3-2, Leipzig eliminated from the Champions League. 4-2, at home to Liverpool. Humiliation after that um, game's rescheduled following the protests. This season, 5-0, at home to Liverpool. 2-0, at home to City. Watford away, 4-1. And then yesterday, 4-1 at City. 37 of the worst performances in Manchester United history in this like, 9 or 10 year spell. Even if you list the good moments, there's tainted associations with them. You win the FA Cup, but you sack the manager when he's holding the trophy. You've not actually told him that he's sacked, but everyone in football knows. You win the League Cup, and Mourinho spends the day hitting every second of it. You win the Europa League, and the manager's then telling the players to hold up three fingers to celebrate winning three trophies, which includes the Charity Shield, which is purely embarrassing for where the club needed to be. That's in addition to the debt, the hundreds of millions of pounds that have been wasted, all to get us in a position where we're as far away from challenging as we've ever been. Even if you take the best players in our squad at this moment in time, 
you can't say that by the time we're in a position to challenge, they'll be in a position to be part of that generation of success. So the reality is we're going to need a complete new squad. Paul, that's my rant. Manchester United lose 4-1 at Man City. They go toe-to-toe in the first half. After the equaliser, it's pretty much all City. The second half, obviously, is the, the 45 minutes, which is going to stain these players in association with the club. It's going to stain them. It was almost like the closest you'll get to a journalist sting on, a, on the field. You know where there's a setup for the true colours to be revealed? I mean, Oli took all the flack before and he paid the price. Even Ronaldo's been cited as being a big issue for this team. Well, Oli's not here anymore. Ronaldo wasn't there yesterday. No hiding place for those players yesterday. Roy Keane described it as shameful. What is it to say? I mean, I've gone on for seven minutes there, Paul. Um, I've built up to this. It, it was absolutely shameful that second half, wasn't it? It was, but I think we have to look at it. It's been Randnick's. We look at everyone wants to talk, but they keep throwing up stats, and I hate stats. Never like stats because they they use for whatever way you can use them for whatever purpose you want. I'm a believer. Watch a game of football and then look at the stats. Don't look at stats and judge it off of that. Watch the game. Doesn't matter if the players has made five tackles and it's. It's been printed up as fantastic, yeah. you know, by by the by the mob on TV. Actually, watch the ninety minutes of the game and look at maybe what that person has missed. Look at how he where where how many times he got caught out. Were those challenges last ditch? Was he was he just body was wrong? Everything wrong about the whole scenario. That's where we are at the moment. We're using stats to, to gloss over stuff, and that's what's happened. Manchester United haven't performed as a team since the change of manager. All we've, all we've done is a little bit like Oli, these great runs. I mean, even they talk about still, you know, best away record as a manager ever in Premier League history, Oli, 29 games. About three quarters of those games were absolutely disgraceful on Manchester United's part. And they just got away a bit because of individuals. Performances weren't good, but it's a record. And that's something that, again, has been, is again put out there just for stats for people to look at and go, wow. But it was horrendous. It was a poor Manchester United team who got away with it during a time of, what was it? What, what do we call that time? When football was asleep, we call that time. No one in the stadium. They, yeah. The dead zone of football, a 29-game unbeaten record. Just put something around that just to let people know it doesn't really matter at that given time. And then we see the imposters out there on the pitch, and I was asked so many times and I turned turned down going to do so many things to, to talk about that game and to get the same old questions. And the problem with me is that I, I won't lie. I won't wear rose-tinted glasses. And, you know, my answer is always going to be, I want to put my heart on my sleeve and say United, but common sense is telling me, that Manchester, Manchester City are going to win that game because they've been better than Manchester United all season. Oh, but Oli, Oli done this and Oli done that. Oli done that, great. But what did he do for the other games? It's all well and good winning the Manchester, the Manchester, the Manchester League. What about the rest of the country league? What is the point? So, in, so no, it's not, people just oh, but this no, there's no excuse for it. You build performances and you get wins. United were never in a position to win that game yesterday. Um, you turn around and say there was about, a, after they conceded that early goal, there was a spell after that where you thought to yourself, 
oh, they've got themselves back into it. And when they equalise, I thought myself, wow, they've deserved that, the way they've kept at it. City hadn't had a look in to that after they scored that first goal. But after they've got themselves in front, they decided that they was going to go and sit in the last third and allow City so much ball to pass around. And City got into their system. And the moment they allowed that to happen, I'm talking on the radio and I said, well, if you, as a matter who you, who you are, if you allow City to pass the boys they are, you're going to get your comeuppance. And lo and behold, they go and score. And then I say, if City go and get a third, because if the longer this game stays 2-1, City will get jittery because they're, They've been a little bit of panic mode. They're worried about thinking about Liverpool. That's in the players' head. It doesn't matter who says it isn't. It's there. You're human. You're thinking about the negativity in such a big game. And what could what could the headlines be the next day? They get the third goal. Great third goal. Well-worked well worked drill, what they've done from the corner. And then you say to yourself, and I turn around and I said, and I used these words on the radio, now we will find out the players who really want to play for Manchester United in big games. I said that, and to be honest, City took their foot off the gas a little bit, but it still could have been five or six if, again, it wasn't for David De Gea, Manchester United's player of the season. And that says it all again. Peter Schmeichel never won player of the season for Manchester United. And Peter Schmeichel would have been the first person to feel embarrassed to collect it. He mostly would say how embarrassed he is to collect it and maybe say a few bad words about the rest of us if he had one player of the season. That's the kind of person Pete was that outspoken. He would say it. He didn't want all those shots. The fans out there know what Pete was like when someone had a shot from 90 yards. He would still have a go at us defenders allowing someone to shoot for some, so far out. But I just I was watching it and watching it and what Roy said so much, you can't you can't really go on too much from what Roy said because Roy said it there. It was It's out there now. But there is far too many players out there who shouldn't be at the club, who are only with the club for their own profiles. It's a social media club, to be honest. The club, well, is, about, the club is about PR. Let me just jump into what you said there. You said, now we'll find out who wants to play for Manchester United mm-hmm. after that third goal. Who, who, who do you think... Was there anyone? The goalkeeper. Lindelof. Not the best defender, but you know his heart is in the right place. He's the only one in that back line who kept going and going to the best he could. And be honest, the best wasn't good enough against Manchester City. I, look, I looked in the midfield and I looked and I kept looking. People say, people which I've seen, I've been reading about. Everyone's going, Scott McTominay, they're talking about what he said after. And I'm kind of going, great. But words have never won a game of football after. Um, Punching the badge doesn't win your games. People are saying he should be captain. Is that what United have got got to? Somebody punches the badge, punches the badge and wants to say all these things after in an interview that he shouldn't be doing, given how his game was as well, he shouldn't be doing. Fred Fred works so hard, puts himself in positions... He shouldn't be because he's he's not up to it to be doing those kind of jobs, what he's doing. United haven't really seen the best of him because he hasn't been ever been allowed to play as, as he played for Shakhtar. And you saw and the, the little glimpse of him when he played for Shakhtar is when he got in the box. And maybe he could have done better. I think he knows in himself, 
if it had been marginally sharper, you might have got a shot off there, eight yards from goal. Could have been all the difference. And then you're, then you're looking for others. Langer got into bad habits, wants to turn around and cuss people and throw his arms at senior pros. Not great for a young player to be doing that, but that is a toxic atmosphere that he is playing in and living in every day at that football club. It's, it's, it's awful what I'm seeing. And I think of two or three players. We've got defenders who are scared. Harry Maguire, I blame Ollie for Harry Maguire. I blame him. Or I might blame someone above him who might have bought him for him. But United should never have paid £60 million for him. If you'd have paid... Eight, paid eight, 80, eight, sorry. 80, sorry. If, if they'd have paid half of that, then they mostly wouldn't be that pressure and people wouldn't feel they should be getting more for their money. But then as well, to put a cherry on top of it, it gives him an armband when you don't give someone who just walks in from where he's been, whole city and Leicester, the armband for Manchester United. They've got to earn the right to wear that armband. They've got to do a, they've got to do a bit of time and understand what the club's about. It's not just wearing an armband and, and just there for pitch opportunities. You're actually there as a, a leader of a leader of people. I was about to say a leader of men, but there's not many men around in that football club at this moment in time. So he shouldn't have been in that position. I feel sorry for Wan Pasaka. Sometimes you, you 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 do so well, and I was a big fan of these at Crystal Palace. And when a, a club like Manchester United come in for you, if you say no, I'm the first person to say you're making the wrong decision. I question you as a person what you're in a game for. If you ever turned down the opportunity to play for a big club, he didn't. He grabbed. He wouldn't try to grab it. Maybe he's, he's come at the wrong time, and you look. Then you start looking for that little bit more that says there's something about him. But he's he's scared. Yeah. He's, he's, he's frightened now. He does things and he's under so much pressure when he plays now, putting himself under pressure, trying too hard to try and do too much to, to get his whole career done in one game. Harry Maguire is just a bundle of nerves, bundle of nerves. Somebody, when you look at and you say, this isn't the level you should be at. It shouldn't be the club you should be at. You shouldn't be at a club that's aiming for what Manchester United are supposed to be aiming for. He's just not up to it and... I've said that countless times, countless times. And what I've said countless times as well, and I put him with Scott McTominay, is that Manchester United don't achieve what they want with those two playing regular for Manchester United. And people who keep saying, as I said before about Scott McTominay being captain, oh, but, you know, he, he loves the club, he shows this and great. And that's what, one of you know one of the reasons why he's one of the better men in the field yesterday to a point. It's not enough. It's not enough. Brian Robson was no different to Scott McTominay in how we play football. The difference was Brian Robson had qualities at both ends of the park. He would drag other players with him. He would actually call you out on the pitch and question you on the pitch if things weren't going right. And what you then he would be looking for a reaction from you. And just going around and doing and playing your own little game isn't really enough for people to come out and start coming out and saying he's showing heart and passion. I've never really heard that, really. And that tells me where the levels that Manchester United have fallen to when people are talking about a situation by saying, give him a pat on the back because he's showing heart and passion. That should be there. It should be there. You, you, there's no contract for it, but it should be there as a, a human being 
someone who wants to go, you're going into a job to put food on the table for your family. You're going into a job that you want to be, you love to be a professional footballer and you want to give every, every time you play, you want to give 100%. And it should be there as a priority when you play in a team sport that you as an individual, you give 100% and then the person next to you is given the same. And then if all of you join together, band together, you have got not a bad unit that's going to fight until that last minute. And we saw 25 30 minutes to go none of them wanted to be there they wanted that ground to open up you had city fans who were taking liberties liberties they were taking against manchester united and they had every right to because what they were doing they, they were there was laughing at those players out there absolutely laughing i've left one player out but i don't really want to talk about because i don't think it's worth talking about but anyway Wayne, go on <laughs> <laughs> I've had that one in recent weeks as well. I know what you're talking about there. Um, it, for me, I think it, it's more to do with when you see City doing what United used to do. Like you know, they were they were chasing, uh, you know, like they were chasing the ball at three one and four one. They were they were relentless in embarrassing us. And um, yeah, um, a couple of comments coming in. Um, Nikos says, so many players are playing the games in their head. Ragnik mentioned last week the game of football is meant to be played with joy. Use the language as an example. I think you said there, Paul, about players playing the personal game, um, certainly. Um, Anthony Williams, great stuff, Parks. <laughs> it's tough watching these players. The fact is the mentality has been missing for some time and the club has become a place for ego stroking, the desire to work hard left with Alex Ferguson. One thing I would say on that, um, is I know play is probably contractually bound these days and it's tied to social media profiles, but Fergie would have just said, don't post anything on social media. And the first thing that these players do, they go and do it. You know, you probably ban it straight away. Um, Richard Watkins says, too many square pegs for round holes. That's why they go elsewhere or away with their countries and play well and mass clear out is needed. It's, it's, yeah, it's necessary. I mean, not just that it's needed. It's, I mean, the, the proof is there in the in the pudding in all the performances that we've seen. These are this season alone, and you can't blame Ollie for it now. The, the, it's got to go squarely on the players. These are some of the worst performances in the club's history. They're absolutely dreadful. I mean, people, I said it earlier, Paul, that, that 30 minutes, and you take the 5-0 against Liverpool, you take the 2-0 against City at Old Trafford, you take the 4-1 at Watford, and you take that last 30 minutes yesterday. That's a stain on careers, isn't it? Those players will never escape what's happened to them this season. No, they have to live with that and and be reminded of that. And it's still that bit that I think about and think about you know a few bad results during my time. But at this moment in time, even even now, if I was walking around Manchester now, I know that there'd be people walking up to me and be talking about that. Even like the blue, the blue supporters would come up and talk about how poor that is because they remember how it was for them, how it was for them during that time, how how hard it was for them in the 90s to when it all started for them to deal with it, what was going on, how strong Manchester United had become, and didn't. But you had to do it because because it's Manchester. You can't you can't hide. There's no hiding place in Manchester because football is a heartbeat of the city. But I don't think these players. I don't think they'd be bothered. I know it's easy to say for me, but I don't think it really bothers them how much it means to those people out there. People, someone's got to lose. There's always a good chance someone's got to lose. 
but it's about how you lose and knowing that and put your hand up and say City at the moment are, as the words I used recently, a Grand Canyon in front of Manchester United when it comes to football. So far in front, it's incredible. You, you can put results, whatever, but you look at individuals, you look at the team, they're miles in front. Look at the points different and you take, you add it all in together. You can't, you can't put that. That's not going to, that, that gulf is not going to close within one season. United are not going to go and buy a Premier League, get a Premier League winning team for next season. You can't make that up. But as I said for ages, I said it quite a few times from mine, these players, the shirt is a profile. That's all it is for me. It adds to their profile, whichever one sees. And it's a good thing to use in a little round picture in the corner so people can see that. And they think it's okay. And the worst thing for some of these players is for them when they walk away, when they, when they move on to somewhere else or their career stop, is that they was at Manchester United and they achieved nothing. And they've got people who've got nothing to talk to them about. They can sit there with their so many cars and there's so many houses and how many holidays go on but people don't want to talk about that people want to talk about their achievements at maybe the biggest club in the world and they haven't got that so those people and all of a sudden the biggest thing they'll find is that when you play football if you've got a thousand friends in football when you stop playing football if you're lucky you might walk away with 50 and if you've achieved nothing people then haven't got anything to talk to you about so that's the bit they've got to realise. It's all well and good saying I'm wearing a jersey. It means nothing if you don't go out and achieve something while you're wearing it. Because in theory, you've got the best chance of winning something when you go to Manchester United. But have you got, I'm going to use the word balls, to actually grab it, to, to go out there and grab that moment? These players, they don't really care, Wayne. And it's been going on and on. And it's going, it's going to be said again before the end of the season because... That's going to find what we saw yesterday. He's going to find a few out. And it doesn't, you know, this interim manager thing what's going on is it's a massive embarrassment on the on stature of a club like Manchester United. There should be someone there with a whip in their hand now. Life is about having someone at the helm and people look to love him or hate him. But generally you respect them. They're called your manager, your boss. Not somebody interim, not a coach who has to go to a general manager. Somebody who every time you walk in, you look them in the eye. And if they look back at you and acknowledge you, you know they're in their mindset. If they don't look at her, you think to yourself, wow, I've got to go and do something here. I love this place. I want to be there. And he's, he hasn't looked at me. He's blanked me. These players don't care because they know that man that's standing there is not the decision maker when it comes to next season or now. He isn't going to shout and scream. There's no one else who's going to play in front of me, you know, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And then when you're looking, sorry, Wayne, I've jumped a bit there, just mm -hmm. got a little bit back to the game, and you're looking to add something, a bit of hunger, um, application, passion, you bring on Lingard and Rashford. And how, under for me, that was so underwhelming, it was unbelievable. So it just didn't, I just went... You might as well brought on someone young. Just bring them on. Give them that moment to go and be somewhere. The game was 2-1. City was still a bit jittery. Yes, they had a lot of the ball. Bring someone on hungry. Jesse Lingard. Does he want to be there? Does he not? I don't know. Was his idea? I bring on two Manchester lads. They know what it is. Just so the headlines can say that. Manchester boys to the rescue. I don't know. 
but you bring in on one player who no one knows if he wants to be there or not because he can't speak on his own, own behalf unless he's put, making silly signs of his fingers on Instagram. You've got the other lady, Rashford, who's going through a torrid time. Take him out, take him out the fire pit, go and put him in a bag of ice for a while and just get him, get him, see if he can get everything sorted out in there because his head is not ready to be playing football, let alone go into a game in that situation. He needs, Rashford needs to go away and think if he wants to be a footballer anymore. Not people coming out and keep saying, oh, he's playing, oh, he played a long time of injuries. Stop doing that. It's a normal job football, but it's a job that people get. It's a job that everybody would love to play for their local team, play for Manchester United. And it's moment in time. No, he's not tired. He needs to sort his head out and work out his priorities in life at this moment in time. And if he, he should look at where his life start, started from and everything that he achieved and what he's got now, when he looks outside his window, he looks through his front window, sees those cars, drives out of his house in one of those nice cars, looks back at that nice house, think about where that come from, and then put all his energy into what gave him that. That's what he should be doing and thinking about his game because his game has just plateaued. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, Reese says, morning. Uh, morning, Reese. hope you're well. He said, Paul, I agree with you completely. Um, Patrick says, really insightful as always. This is almost cathartic. Well, I'm glad, glad it is. We're getting some things off our chest, that's for sure. I've got a few uh, comments as well, but I'm just going to come to them in a moment when um, I'm just going to say something else as well because we're getting – I mean, Dan says, where, where do we go from here? And I just wanted to – I had something that I wanted to say about – this because at this moment in time, it is another massive crossroads for United read into the summer. I think some report yesterday said United might have only 50 to 80 million to spend in the summer, which is obviously just one quality player um, these days. And it's not... Hold on a minute. Don't, that doesn't guarantee you anything. No, no, he doesn't know of that. Absolutely. I've seen that. I've seen, I've seen the club spend 80 million already. So that, you just use the word quality. No. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's a risk involved with that. So we're talking hundreds of millions kind of thing. And this is what I wanted to talk about, really, because this should really be the wake-up call to the owners where, where they look to sell because the value of their asset at this moment in time is going to plummet. In the years before now, there's always been some kind of connection to the past which was able to keep the club decent and honest, but there isn't any now. It's unrecognisable. There's a, a promising group of youngsters, but they are going to need better senior players. They're going to need better examples in the first team. I mean, you've got Van Gaal, uh, Van Gaal, De Gea and Ronaldo that you could arguably put into a title-chasing squad, but that would depend on the qualities of the team that they were in. You know that they would contribute because they've got the class, but you know that because of their ages, you can't build around them for a title-winning squad for United. So knowing that you're going to need this overall of investment, the Glazers obviously can't commit to that. They can't even commit to allowing the club to spend its own money. The only thing that they can, and on heart, honestly say we're going to commit to is taking more money for themselves and taking more money from the club to service the debt. This squad can't go anywhere without a massive turnover unless you've got a massive golden generation of players coming through, which we don't have. We've got some good youngsters and we they're going to need a lot of senior players around them. You're going to need players workhorses, you're going to need three or four workhorses in that team who aren't the flashy names who are going to get the job done, who are going to have to show the kind of pride it takes to play for United. 
they need that turnover. They need faith shown in a manager, and that's going to take finance and power, two things that they haven't always given at the right times. Fundamentally, it's no thing, it's no great surprise for me to sit here and say the Glazers have been terrible owners for the club. But the point is, there can't be any trust that they do have an idea of how to make the right decisions now. And there's clear evidence that they don't have the club's best interests at heart. All they are interested in is making as much money as they can. And I think at this moment in time, even they wouldn't dare to go back to the European Super League thing that's been floated again. They're going to have to sell. I, I can't see a way that they can keep this up. Um, which brings us on to some of the comments that we've got. Um, Dan says, where do we go from here, guys? I counted around 16 players leaving in some capacity. And to be honest, I think there's a high chance they will. They can't all be replaced. And Andy says, um, morning, Andy, hope you're well. He says, is it time to blood some of the youth or is it a risk of damaging them? That's a, a question, Paul, the, the sort of the catch-22, right? Because you've now got the situation where really Champions League football is, is out. What Ragnick is temporary, so he doesn't stand to benefit or, or serve any harm by doing whatever he does with the first team, whatever he decides to do. You've got the young players who probably need to, the fans need to see them to reconnect with, with the team because they're not going to want to support players putting in the kind of shift that they did yesterday. It's going to get very angry very quickly. But those players at the same time, I mean, the, I mean, the value's dropping through the floor. Anyway, you mentioned 40 million for Maguire. We'd be lucky to get anywhere near that um, now for him. So a lot of these players' values are plummeting anyway. Do, do you know? Obviously, we're playing Pogba and Lingard for whatever reason to give them their the contracts are running down. We're not even going to get a penny for them. What do you do in this situation? Do, is it a risk of damaging the player, the, the senior lad, senior lads, if you put them in, uh, young lads, if you put them in? Sorry. Yeah, of course it is. Especially if you're going to put them up, put them out there with players, selfish, selfish senior pros as well who can't even, who just want to play for themselves, who will not treat those young lads with respect, will maybe demand more from them than what they're ready to give at that given time as well. So it's a catch-22. One of the things as well is that when we talk about that is that I have to t ask a question. Um, the, the CEOs just left, and when Ollie was in charge, they was giving out contracts to all these players and God knows how many contracts, renewed contracts, Oli gave out to these players who are not even playing. Why were those contracts given out? They were never going, these players were never going to take the club forward into areas where the club wants to be, but yet they were given, I don't know, longer contracts, what, to sit around and watch and come in and play two games and go out. I mean, <clears throat> why matters that the best contract signing ever if he's content? Because since he signed that contract, what's he played? maybe maximum 100, 180 minutes. I don't exactly. know, but I, I mean, with, with, you know, all of them, Baye, um, there's all of them you could name and you think, so what was the logic behind this? It's just, again, spending other people's money and, you know, and all of a sudden that is a new CEO now. What kind of plan has he got? Because he's still being governed by the same people. They ain't going to change their ways because there's been a change, <clears throat> a little bit that, just underneath them in that CEO area. So and all of a sudden there's a director of football, there's an assistant director of football who, if you're assistant director of football, I mean, should he be sitting on that bench? He should, maybe, should he be sitting on the bench? 
I've never seen that before. If Benny is sitting on a bench, shouldn't he be wearing a collar and tie rather than having a tracksuit on and maybe then an earpiece in and talking as if he's one of the coaches? I really don't know what's going on, what, what the club has become now. And I just wish I knew I'm, I'm seeing all the, the cameras and they're flashing into the boss all the time. And I think it was the, I don't know, one of the goals. I think it was the first, I think it was the first goal and it shows him looking, looking down and watching the replay of it. And when you see him shaking his head, you see his eyes. And I've seen that too many times. It was the second goal where Linda was, was totaling yeah. back, yeah. Yeah, so I knew it was one of them, but I saw those eyes and it was just said to me that I didn't really want to face you after this when that happens. It was just, it just yeah. saw it and you can just see his discontent and what's going on and it's poor. It's absolutely so, so poor. And, and I've said this a few, you know, last, last time or the time before, it's gone back and it's amazing. I keep saying football's about cycles. I was fortunate that when I arrived at Manchester United, I was just there as as the cycle was just starting for Manchester United, it was their kind of time. Liverpool were digressing. It was, it was coming their time. And all of a sudden now, I'm seeing that moment where it's gone for Manchester United. It's that Samat Busby time, isn't it? You know, it's getting there. You know, the next person coming in will be the sixth manager. And all of a sudden then you are hoping in a way that it turns out the right way and the way things are. But it's... It's just gone like a big, big false, almost a big false circle, yeah. of, you know, of what's happened before. And and, it, and but this time I look at it, it's the people above who haven't who haven't done it right. The way they've managed the club, they've turned it from a football from it's not a football club anymore. It's a corporation that is more concerned about PR than winning games of football and getting the best team out there. And they've got to remember, if the teams out there winning games, their PR gets better. At the moment, the PR is stagnating. The marketing is stagnating because of what's going on in the pitch. People do not want the names, certain players' names on the back of their shirt if it's not if they're not performing in the big top on the pitch. Yeah. And that is what's happening. And it yeah. will happen when all of a sudden, finances are not going to be <laughs> as big as they were before. And you've got to remember, when I signed for Manchester United, they were nowhere near the best payers in that old first division. Yeah. And if people don't understand that, there was football before 1992 and the name of that league was the first division. There wasn't maybe big sponsors' names around it and there were some bloody good footballers who played in it and they were 100% honest because when we played, we had to play for a win bonus and a playing bonus because that money helped us towards mortgages and pay for maybe flash cars that we might have just pushed ourselves to. <laughs> Yeah, well, you deserved them because you, you worked hard for them. Um, we've got loads of questions coming in. Thanks for your comments, guys. I'll try and get through the comments first. Um, Dan says, Everton help us if we only qualify for the Europa Conference. Reece says, if we don't get the Champions League, we don't deserve any European competition. Doing Arsenal a full year to develop the team at Europe. Yeah, and, and to be fair, they might. you don't want the you really don't want the embarrassment of our United social media team trying to build up the Europa Conference. The, the club can really do without that at this moment in time. Um, Patrick says, Paul's so right about Marcus. I feel the subject of his poor form is tiptoed around by certain pundits. In terms of how poor his first touch decision-making and work rate is on the pitch, it should not be conflated with his off-the-pitch work, which is exemplary. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, Nick has said, Phil Jones matter by the thing that the club is afraid to bring in new players. It's cheaper to sign. 
new contracts. A um, couple of um, oh yeah, this one as well. Ben, we have the American Mike Ashley in charge, which is um, wow. Um, we get have a, a question specifically for you, Paul, because unfortunately. I'm not a former fullback for Manchester United, so I can't answer this one. He asks what you, um, Anthony Williams asks your view on the situation with the f- current fullbacks. I mean, try and run through it as quickly as you can. Is it a question of quality, mentality, or both? Does it apply for the left backs and right backs? I'm going to say, at most time, I'm going to say quality. I'm going to go with quality at this moment in time. Both. The fullbacks that the club have got at this moment in time are ste- they're just steady fullbacks. They're not fullbacks that are going to take you are going to take you to close to where you should be. When you look at the teams above Manchester United and what they've got, and you look at some of the fullbacks below, there is a there is unbelievable. I mean, there's fullbacks in the Championship. Spence, you look at Spence, the lad, the young um, the lad who's at Nottingham Forest on loan to Nottingham Forest from Middlesbrough. You know, there's some quality fullbacks out there who are playing the game in this new age fullback role. Manchester United haven't got them. They haven't got them. They've got a quality defender in Wan in Wampasaka, but everything else is falling down. Even his defending yesterday was poor, so his all round game was poor. Dello does a job. Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw, in my opinion, has just really for his Manchester United career, ups and downs, and a lot of the times he's let himself he's let himself down on how he's applied himself defensively, becoming lazy by blocking people, pulling people back. No, he, he hasn't done it. And again, if you're, going, if you're talking about a team to go forward, Luke Shaw wouldn't be anywhere near. None of the fullbacks in the club would be any, anywhere near a team that's going to go and try and, and win trophies. I'm not going to say Premier Leagues and um, Champions League. I'm going to say trophies because United, yeah. it's a problem to win a trophy now. Yeah, it's the proof is in the pudding. You can't deny it because we're we're not going to win one. Um, Reece says our fullbacks definitely need replacing. I'd sell the vast majority of them, promote Fernandez for left back and sign a new one. Sell both right backs, recall Laird to back up next season and buy a new first choice right back. I mean, yeah, I mean in an ideal world, and yeah, you definitely want Fernandez and Laird around. Um, so you've got to give him a chance at this point. I know you, you mentioned earlier this season, Paul, that you weren't completely convinced with Laird, but the time has come to give him the chance when, when that sort of time comes around. Um, Nikos says the best fullback we had in recent years, Valencia, yes, possibly, <laughs> and he was a winger, um, which, I mean, sort of says everything. A few comments about the quality of the lads coming through. I don't. Dan, Dan says, I don't think our academy plays are good enough. We shouldn't expect too much. Annabelle is superb. The others aren't at the level of 1992 uh, 93. And Reese sort of says that we have four or five, maybe six academy players who can make the step up if you give them the chance. It's not asking, not about asking too much, it's about giving opportunity. Also, they do it with a few of theirs. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the rock and the hard place that United are at, at the moment. That you know, do they do that? Can they do that? You know, what what's the benefit to be gained? Wayne, I think, Wayne, Wayne, just quickly. If you used to ask those lads who come through in '92, and what how what helped them get to where they where where they got to, what they achieved, they would talk about the pros that were there when yeah. they played. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. is the major difference. As good as this Hannibal is, and I'm sure you'll go out there and he'll give everything, is that the players the players who go out there who'd be going out there with will bring him down to their levels. 
Yeah. Their yeah. standards at this moment in time. Yeah. And their standards, I don't mean as footballers, I mean that bit inside, well, don't worry about that. You don't have to do that. And when you go in there, you want to see those players giving everything. So then you think, I've got to do that as well. You follow on from that. There's no, there's no one within out there who they're going to get that from. So I wouldn't bring them in because I don't want you don't want that you don't want their career to falter before it even starts. Yeah, it's, it's that famous story, isn't it, where Robson playing with Giggs and and Giggs was getting kicked on the wing, so Robbo just went over, told the fullback in no certain terms to ease off, and said, "Go on, you can go back out there and play now." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, Paul makes a critical point. You need the experienced pros around you. Yeah, you absolutely do. Um, Paul, spawn again. Um, RE fullbacks. Sure is the epitome of indulgence. He looks out of shape and keeps picking yellow cards for blocking and pulling shirts. Yeah, so you see players like Fernandinho, the, the dark hearts of the game, who are masterful in the tactical foul, and our players, they're just clumsy. I mean, we haven't even... We've gone 43 minutes and we haven't even mentioned um, Maguire's desperate thing on, on De Bruyne away. He was so lucky not to get sent off. Uh, Patrick makes a comment about the board's modus operandi uh, was to up the budget when they don't qualify for the Champions League. So I'm not sure where this 50 to 80 summer spend rumours are coming from. Yeah, it's all speculation and conjuncture. You know, it always is. There'll be 100 names linked to United. What we need to really focus on is is the genuine ambition of the board into to make United a a football club and not a cash cow, uh, which unfortunately we know the answer to that already, um, don't we? We do know the answer to that already, which is why we don't have any faith in them moving forward to make the right decisions anywhere across the uh, club, which is quite depressing. Right, so to wrap up, Paul, we have got Spurs at home next week and if we if we really want to keep up our quest to narrowly fail to qualify for the Champions League, Oh, this Spurs game, it's a must-win, right? These players have got to show a lot of heart and commitment at Old Trafford next week. Yeah, they have. And everyone, this is the thing, everyone's going to have, everyone's going to be watching a game. Everybody, people who don't like football want to watch and they want to have an opinion because everyone else is talking about it. So they're going to want to have an opinion and just to watch it and see what happens. I would expect Tottenham to play the game of their lives. They need it because they've been poor since they've been sitting. Harry Kane decided to come out of the coffin and play well against City. You know, he's been poor before, decides to do it in that game. He mostly turned up again in the press. The press want him to do well because they want to go mad about him and say that they told you first if they, you know, that they sold him. That's what it's all about now. So there's a lot for him to do. He, Ranick has got, he's got a lot, a lot to do. And if he was to go out and leave a few out, People might say, oh, we, you, oh, we're not sure about... But I think the majority, the right people, will say, yeah, yeah, you've been strong. They're not, you ca- they can't have it easy anymore. They can't just think it's just going to happen, they're going to turn up and everything's going to be forgotten because they go and beat Spurs and that's an easy way out of it. That's not going to be forgotten for a good few years. Until such time, the table turns and Manchester United get that momentum and all of a sudden they compete with City and then hopefully then go beyond City. That's that's when it will be forgotten because when I arrived at Manchester United, you know what was always being mentioned when I arrived in 91, didn't you, with Man City from that yeah. time at Main Road. Was yeah, 5-1, yeah. Yeah, that was being thrown, thrown up and didn't, doesn't, didn't matter that we won that first title. It still kept getting brought up because City fans were still talking about it. 
you do. And then all of a sudden, then you go and do a double, and that gets talked about. Then you go and do another one, and all of a sudden, that puts it a bed a little bit. You had to so, win. You had to win the five nil. So it was yeah. five years, wasn't it? It was yeah. five years. It took. Yeah, it, it took a while to it took a while to get over it. But this one, it's about the performance and the fact of they shirked responsibility. They bottled it. They threw their toys out the pram. We're not playing anymore. We're getting well beaten. Stop the game. Stop the game. We don't want to run around anymore. It's that. It's that attitude, really, in the end, which which the fans, which has made it so shameful, to be perfectly honest. And when they go out, I don't, you know, the fans are going to be sitting there and going, right, let's see what happens next. And then you'll find out some of the players. You've got the ones who will try too hard and you'll get the ones who just cannot deal with it, cannot deal with it, who do not want to, to be out there. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of those players because a lot of them mostly hadn't witnessed, won't have witnessed anything like like they witnessed, like they're going to witness maybe next weekend because the biggest thing that they would have loved is for their next game to have been away from home. Yeah. Didn't need such a big game against Tottenham now where it really matters. They will get a chance, United, I believe, to, to get close to Arsenal because Arsenal were in with three games in hand. You know the way they are. They're so hot and cold. No different to Manchester United. So there will be an opportunity, but United have to make that opportunity by winning winning their games in front of them. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing you can count on this United team to do, it's to snatch glorious failure from the jaws of victory. Um, they always do enough to underachieve in the most embarrassing sense. So I'm sorry if I'm pessimistic on this Monday morning, but that's what that Sunday afternoon does to you. Um, all right, guys, thanks so much for participating in the show today. Really appreciate it. Re really great questions and conversation. Uh, we will be back next week at 10 a.m. to talk about the uh, Spurs game, come what may. Um, we'll see how that goes. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a like and subscribe. Continue the conversation in the comment section. We'll join in that. And um, and the audio podcast as well. Please um, you know, like and subscribe and post a review. If you would be so kind, that would really help us out as well. We'll be back next week, guys. Stay safe. Stay well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.